welcome back. We're back to the Fantasy Fitbar Pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name's John. Sorry we've been gone for so long, listeners. Scooby, you're recording fresh from your new flat. Is that a bit of, is that pistachio I can see? Colour in the in the walls in the background? Or is that a fake well, background? Well, it's, no, no, that's a real background. That's a real background. Painted with my own hands, John. Guild green, I believe it's called. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. A bit of guild green? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bedroom's all there, uh, all Ten Castle Maroon. But um, of course. Well, you come around and see that yourself. Of course. How are you, my man? Good to be back. Yeah, yeah, really good to be back. Sorry we've been, we've been away for a while, listeners, but, you know, normal life has unfortunately caught up on both of us, I'd say, Scobie, is it not? It has, it has. And look, the season's been a bit all over the place, but good run into the end of season, I reckon now. The cinch is well and truly heating up, is it not? It's, it, the cinch is just, as we always say, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Narratives coming left, right, centre. And I suppose that brings me into how we're going to run the podcast tonight. You know, we're going to talk about the manager uh, merry-go-round, I suppose, that there's been in the Scottish Premiership over the last couple of months uh, in part one. Scobie and cover those teams. How's that sound? That sounds like a plan to me. Uh, and, and, and one with a bit of investment from, from, from your side. I'm, I'm keen to hear your take on it, John. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And then part two, look, we're going to try and cover all the rest of the teams in February. Look forward to March. I mean, we've got the split coming up, Scobie, which everyone will be given another wild card in Fantasy Football Scotland, which is always yep. very exciting. Yep, exactly. If you've not used your current one, get it used, I'd say. Get it used. Well, maybe we'll go into a bit of token strategy as well whilst we're at it. Token strategy? Speaking of tokens, you've still got your triple captain free, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah, my triple captain still got my bench boost, eagerly yeah. anticipating getting to push the button on both of these. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into it, listeners. The, the first place I want to start with the new managers, uh, it has to be at Dens Park. And Mark McGee, <laughs> Mark McGee, after what, 20, his last time he was in the cinch was 27, it wasn't the cinch, let's be honest. It was not the cinch. <laughs> it was 2017, and he was manager of Motherwell, and they got beat 7-2 off Aberdeen at Pataudry. He had that famous incident uh, with the Aberdeen fam where they, they videoed him, sort of, how's it going? And he, and, he, and he went mental. And so he's got six-game touchline ban, Scobie on entering the league this year. I mean, where has this come from, from Dundee? Uh, it's a super strange one. I mean, feels very uninspiring. I think that was the that was the feeling across the country. It was a little bit of a, eh, Mark McGee. Uh, but look, it's maybe followed a trend. I think you were rightly pointing that out when we spoke about it. Uh, the likes of the old guard coming back here. Mm-hmm. Um, your Malky McKay's of the world, who, credit where credit's due, has done a very good job, which I'm sure we'll come on to later in this episode but Mark McGee let's just track where he's been since we last saw him rear his head at Motherwell he was at Barnet for 11 games of which he won three of them 27% <laughs> winning record and then he was caretaker manager at Eastbourne Borough for 11 games in which time he won one game with a 9% winning record I mean he wasn't an obvious candidate was he when it came, no. when it came to the hiring yeah I mean not not at all I mean look um, McPake, they came second last season. Um, don't forget Dundee. Yeah, and yeah. a stat that I hadn't quite realised, they came second. That was the only time in the whole entire season they were second in the league was the last day of the season. Yeah. So they hit that that sort of momentum at exactly the right time that they needed to. So maybe we all got a bit brought up or a bit sort of... But the way that they knocked Kelly out the, the playoffs last year was was, you know, a bit of momentum, but at the same time, you know, was that the, the the real Dundee that we were thinking? He's got quite a bad record with summer signings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some January ones have worked and they, they sort of, they sort of, um, they sort of tend to do well. But, you know, Dundee have pulled the trigger. It was, a, it was an interesting time to sack him, wasn't it? Because they, they, they'd obviously um, lost the, the, the game against Ross County. They got thumped against Ross County and you were like, the writing's on the wall. Yeah. And yeah. so I think at that point, Dundee uh, board, Gordon Strachan, let, let's remind ourselves, Gordon Strachan's in charge of that club, yep. has gone, right, we need to get rid of this guy. But what we'll do is we'll give him the Hearts and Celtic game because Hearts in the league will ex- uh, expect you to 
uh, expect you to lose that. Then the Scottish Cup, you know, free hit, whatever. And then you got Celtic. So but what happened was they went, in, they went and beat Hearts at Tynecastle, which is no mean feat this season. You know, Hearts yeah. are clearly the third best team in Scotland this season. Yep. Um, yeah. Which was interesting. And then a bit of Charlie Adam magic pulled them through in the, in, in the cup against Peterhead. Um, so I, I sort of think the Dundee board were like, we made this decision to sack him. He beat Hearts away. He got us through against Peterhead, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Perfect, a perfect use of uh, by me said this there, John. Yeah, I think I, it was it was a weird time, a little bit harsh as well, because he had, you know, you never know. Um, we're kind of, I, I'm again, we're gonna definitely come on to talk at Martindale Livingston. I mean, you know, you first slightly different story, but you know, after what Martindale did last year, fine, you give him a bit of time, but he, you know, they were they looked lost at sea at, at some points earlier this season, and you just never know if that might have been the turning point for McPake. And I don't know, I think his, his signings have been a bit hit or miss, haven't they? We were having this uh, debate on another thread. I mean, I think there's a couple of good signings in there. McMallon and McCowan, we've talked about. Both of them have been good fantasy assets, certainly, this year, and were good signings. But maybe some of the bigger um, the bigger money kind of signings haven't quite paid off for them. Um, you know, we talked about the likes of, of Cummings, etc. So, who knows? Now I'm again yet to be seen, but that was another bit of a coup. But they're certainly a club that are not uh, scared to, be, to get out there, to venture out into the transfer market and bring in um, players. When you look at that squad, guy like Run, who scored quite a few goals for Partick Thistle, a little bit of hype around, uh, and the boy Daley Campbell that's come up from Leicester. There's a couple in there that you know could be interesting, but ultimately he's gone. McGee is in. No, I agree, Scooby. I think I think it's easy to sort of the lazy stuff. You know, Charlie Adam, Lee Griffiths, those are the lazy signings, the ones that, that grab the headlines on BBC Sports Scotland, and maybe there were some other ones that had a little bit more thought behind them. I mean. Just to go back to the McGee appointment, you know, you think Strachan is the director of football there. Uh, obviously, him and Mark McGee got strong relationships from, from Aberdeen back in the 80s. Mm. So he sort of mm. employed his pal. I think an interesting point and one that I was uh, quite keen to, to get across when they, when they drew with, uh, I'm sorry, lost just closely to Celtic. Obviously, we'll talk about the, the Livingston shambles in a, in a minute or so. Yeah, yeah. Is that There's a bit of a Simon Rusk theory going on here. So uh, Mark McGee was uh, Rusk's assistant manager at Stockport County. Right. And uh, Rusk did quite a decent job at, Stop, at, a job at Stockport. Uh, they had a near 50% win record, which for a club like that isn't too bad. And then you think about the six-game ban that McGee's walking into. Well, it means Rusk's going to be in the dressing room and kind of being the manager, basically, because there's not a huge amount of hands-on stuff you can do from the stands uh, there. So I, yeah. I just wonder if there's a slight angle that Rusk is the manager, all in all, uh, but that would be maybe a decision that would be even greeted with more jeers than Mark McGee's appointment, because, like, yeah, right, he did quite well for Brighton's under-23s um, and, like, was manager at Stockport, but maybe they, they brought in the duo there. I'm trying to give... Stracking a little bit of leeway here and thinking, you know, maybe there's a bit of thought behind it. But yeah, I mean, McGee, it's difficult. And now you look at what happened against Livingston on Saturday. I mean, you know, credit where credit's due. David Martindale is obviously there. They are humming right now, Livingston. They're, they're, They're looking really nice. He's finally bedded in all those signings. They've got a pretty settled first 11. Uh, Scotty Pittman, I think, um, whilst maybe not the pick of fantasy football Scotland, but he's really making that team tick over nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at the way that Dundee conceded those goals. I mean, they were, what, 3-0 down after 22 minutes and quite rightly fans were leaving the stadium at that point. And there just seems to be no fight in that team. Absolutely nothing. And McGee at the end of the game, sorry, just let me finish my rant here, was like, well, what do you expect when you see what I've walked into? Well, I'm sorry, Mark, but... You haven't walked into that much of a shit show because they just beat Hearts of Tynecastle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Look, he's walked into a team, and we'll move off of Dundee eventually, so we can spend probably a lot of this podcast talking about them. But what we felt all along, I think, with Dundee is, you know, they could score goals, they could create stuff, they could put teams under pressure. It's not an easy place to go and play. It was just defensively, you know, they were leaking goals left, right, and rhubarb. So you sort that out. But, you know, the situation... I don't know, arguably worse than in some other places um, where, you know, where, where they don't have that. Definitely some playmakers across the park. A bit, anyway. a bit, worried, a bit worried a little bit as well. Like uh, Legstons, I've been quite liking his, his performance mm. seasons and goals. And the uh, key thing is he's obviously um, been injured for sort of... Actually, to be fair, 
wasn't playing against Hearts, but you know, I don't think that was down to the goalkeeper performance that they they, they beat no. Hearts at Tynecastle. And he's come in, and every game you watch in the highlights, you're like, there's a goal at least there. And I'm gonna come on to it. This is a bit of a theme I'm thinking about for this pod is the backup goalies in Scotland, the standard of them is stinking. Very. Yeah, very poor, very poor. So, so Dundee, we're we're a massive avoid basically from fantasy football. We are, we are. An an odd, an odd um an odd appointment. Uh yeah, and it remains to be seen what, what the plan is there from, from, from Gordy. But John, no more beating about the bush. Stephen Glass, the glass shattered. It did. He finally left. We called it early. We like like that little octopus. We knew what was about to happen in the footballing world, and I think mm. a lot of people could see it. He's out. Jim Goodwin is in. Yeah. What do you make of it? I would have think. I mean, well, let's go back to Glass's appointment. I mean, Dave Cormack, the Aberdeen chairman, came out saying they they ran a fair process at the time of the appointment. I don't believe that. I think it was his mate, Stephen Glass. There was the American connection in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. And he knew him all along. I don't Welcome think... To the boys. I don't... Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, we get over that, I think. And I've got absolutely no issue with people coming in. And in fact, I encourage it. Managers coming in Scottish football with very little experience and, you know, hopefully they do well because, you know, whilst we love the product that Scottish football has, obviously we're open to new ideas and things like that. But... There was no evidence that Stephen Glass was ever learning from his mistakes. He, he was in charge of 40 games. There was only five clean sheets. There was not many wins from that. We, Aberdeen couldn't beat the shit teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just weren't learning time. There was a real soft underbelly developing there. I mean, I feel a bit sorry for Glass. Look, if I was offered the Aberdeen job, obviously I would take it. And <laughs> <laughs> make a hear of it. <laughs> and I'd make an absolute hear of it. Would uh, you last 41 games? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> fan uh, favorite though. Absolute fan favorite. Yeah. And he wasn't. That. He wasn't backed in January. But anyway, we're on to Goodwin. And to be honest, I'm not just saying this. Like he was my definite sort of number one shout twelve months ago, when when McInnes was let uh, let go. I, I really like the way Goodwin conducts himself. People forget that he's actually only forty years old. So if you want this young manager, he's five years younger than Stephen Glass. And um, the best two managers in my lifetime for Aberdeen have been Jimmy Calderwood and Derek McInnes. And they both came from pretty similar backgrounds and where they've sort of earned their reputation up working at sort of smaller clubs in Scotland and, and, and got the Aberdeen job and generally done quite well. Um, so I'm quite positive about Goodwin. I mean, obviously tonight against Hearts, um, I'm, I'm reading things. My dad was there. He's saying it's some of the worst performance he's seen for an Aberdeen team. But at the same time, Hearts are third, flying high. We won't, won't get down it too much. The, the big thing for me that, that sent the right signals of what Goodwin's doing is that he uh, pushed Ross McCrory into midfield. I mean, this was the Stephen Glass experiment that I think actually ended him. Mm-hmm. Was he kept playing Ross McCrory at centre-half? This guy, he's young. He's got so much energy about him, like being quoted to be a Rolls-Royce in midfield and was constantly playing midfield. Anyway, uh, sorry, defence. Anyway, he's been moved into midfield. I think he's had COVID the last couple of games. Hasn't yeah. been able to play, but... I think the future is like generally quite rosy for Aberdeen, but maybe not in the immediate term. I was going to say, yeah, uh, Jim got something he's not telling us. He's pushed Ross McCoy to centre mid. He's only four years old. Is he going to throw on the boots, John? Is he? Him and maybe Scott Brown, 76 years between them. They know their way around a Scottish centre half pairing. I was, you know? I was surprised he's Scott Brown back tonight, actually. I'm, I'm hearing that his ankle's fucked, so I think he'll be hanging his boots up in the season. But basically, and is he, got, does he remain? Uh, um, I was just, you know, when I believe in, does he remain assistant manager or is it, has that been? Yeah, yeah, he is. So he was actually in line for the, we'll come on to St. Mirren job as well and cover them off in this part one. He, he applied for that job. Right. Uh, they've obviously gone with a bit more experience than Stephen Robinson. Yeah, uh, he did chuck his hat into the into the ring for that. I, yeah, as I'm 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 hearing his ankles absolutely done, and I think he'll retire in the season. And would ima- I don't why wouldn't Goodwin, Goodwin want him there? But you know, it'll remain to be seen whether Scott Brown wants to stay at Aberdeen if he's not playing football. Mm. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll go back to Parkhead. Mm. Who knows? But to get to get on to Aberdeen sort of fantasy football Scotland wise. Um, obviously, everyone's got Lewis Ferguson. Uh, he missed the penalty tonight. So His that first was ever missed penalty. For first Arsenal. ever missed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's against Craig Gordon. So like, Gordon. You, know. nah, <laughs> you don't score them. Uh, but basically, one thing I was going to say, just just to glass record, you know, at least 
should probably leave with his head held, head held high. He did say he wanted to change the way that you played, and he did say he wanted to see you score more goals. You've scored a lot of goals. There's only four teams in the league that score more than you. Uh, it's just unfortunately. Is that a lot? Back. Is that a lot? 33 goals. Sorry, nine games. It's not great. <laughs> it's better, than, better run rate than McInnes is at, was it not? At one point last year. Well, McInnes, you have to forget. You forget McInnes had a couple of really good sides. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to withdraw that point. Yeah. But towards the end, it got really, it got really stale. Mm. Um, so how do I, yeah, I mean, look, Ramirez looks as um, as exciting as ever, but he did miss a good chance against Sunday United at the weekend. You know, one opportunity for Jim Goodwin, his first home game at Potaudry was actually a sellout, which is, you know, you don't see that very often. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson was back, statue unveiled. Yeah, saw that. And United, uh, United scored after four minutes. Because David Bates, oh my God, he's actually useless. I mean, in the box, just like grabbing shirts. The guy's running off to the corner flag and he's grabbed his shirt twice. Mark McNulty hasn't scored a goal all season. Yeah. For a pretty good United team, let's be honest. Yeah. Playing up front, scores his first goal of the season. It's going to be, we're in March. <laughs> <laughs> David Bates was in a Scotland squad, a frightfully yeah. sort of recent... Uh, in, in recent memory, yeah. that's 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 terrifying in itself. And the big yeah. the big Declan Gallagher signings also just been a complete and yeah. travesty too. Goodwin's Goodwin's top job is Joe Lewis needs to be replaced. There he's like bottom of all the sort of expected save stats you can ever see in the league. Um, of first team of first choice goalies, I'll, I'll add because the second choice goalies are poor. Yeah. Um, and then it's to sort out the centre halves. And beyond that, I think there's there's enough of a team there, but Aberdeen just now probably in a void. I think it has to be for now. <coughs> you know, I think there was a bit, of, you, you got me all hyped up about your, your Dutch signing that came in um, yeah. and, and, and uh, you know, brought him. But I think, I think to be honest, he'll be showing the door this weekend for me and, uh, and, and Ramsey too, who I brought in. I think it's maybe been COVID, um, which is which, which what you were. Uh, well, it's it's interesting. Uh, the point you bring up about Calvin Ramsey, because I was listening to the Half Hour Fantasy Pause earlier, which very good podcast, had a guy, Donnie, who's sitting in the top 10 in the world or something at Fantasy Football Scotland. And yep. he, he made a very good point that Calvin Ramsey's main points this season were scored in the first four game weeks. Mm-hmm. So everyone's still kind um, of... But then the injury and you kind of thought coming yeah, back... Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> we'll wait and see, we'll wait and see. Uh, so they're on a void. Goodwin is in. Uh, we wish him luck. There's a lot of work to do. Leaves mm. behind us in Mirren's side that um, I've underperformed at times this year, but he has done a very good job with them with not very much. Um, and I think St. Mirren fans will be very sad to see Jim Goodwin go, understandably, um, just because of the stability I think he's added, brought to that club. So who comes in? Well, as a man we know well, Stephen Robinson. I think it was last year when we'd obviously just started the pod as well. We kind of watched the downfall of Stephen Robinson. It was yeah. a Motherwell team that joined the league last year, flying high at one point, you know, having um, had a fantastic season the, the year previously. Um, yeah. You know, Stephen Robinson had built up a, a, a squad around him very much in his image. Um, the, the, the board had backed him, you know, brought in a lot of good players behind him too. We had a lot of people that we were excited about as well from a fantasy perspective. Uh, and then just went on that terrible, terrible run, um, yeah. which was one of those ones. And you know, and it made it to kind of the end of the year, didn't he? Made it to the end of December before he was uh, before he was finally let go. And it, he just he just could not seem to make them tick. And he think he admitted himself, you know, that if he can if he couldn't get them going, then he he had to be shown the door, and he was. Um, but he had a good tenure there, number of seasons, 169 games he managed, uh, and he was snapped up relatively quick after that. He went to Morecambe. Um, now. Not at a particularly great time at Morecambe. Again, I'm not a club that he took was that was in a great position in itself, uh, but only ten wins in forty. And it was teeter; they were teetering towards relegation this year. It does feel a little bit like Stephen Robinson was offered an out, uh, offered a route back to Scotland with a good job in St Mirren, uh, and he's taken it. Do you think that's a fair assessment of the situation? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, look, Morecambe. I think they got promoted the season before and gone into League One. They've got a significantly lower budget than any other team in that league. Uh, so whilst they were fighting fairly respectably, uh, yeah, I think he's taken the easy out. I mean, when he left Scotland before, he sort of said he'd have an, he's had enough of the cinch, essentially. 
and uh, and now he's and now he's come back. Um, yeah, I mean, don't forget, you know that that Motherwell team that came third one season and got to two cup finals was brilliant. Um, he's coming to St Mirren. He's got a couple of familiar faces. Curtis May, yeah, um, absolutely unplayable <laughs> that season. Like he, they they Motherwell knocked Rangers out in the semi finals of the League Cup. Yeah, and he scored that. He scored like, unbelievable goals. And he also scored a couple of goals against Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup semi-final where they were 3-0 up after 25 minutes. So he's also got, um, he's worked with Lord Tate. You remember Lord Tate, Scobie? I do. Yeah, yeah. He's played up with him. And he also signed Charles Dunn at Motherwell. So there's there's a few players there that he's got uh, familiarity with. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got this new striker, Alex Grieve, that that Goodwin brought in in January. He sounds quite exciting. He scored 25 goals in New Zealand. I think he's got like two goals in, in five or six games so far this season, which is, you know, not a bad return for a St. Mirren team. And he's also got Connor Ronan, who was um, maybe unfortunately sent off against Hearts, but at the same time, you know, a difficult challenge. But that, that was a tricky one for him. But I think, there's, yeah, there's, there's plenty to work there for, for, for Robbo. And uh, I, I do think he'll be, he'll be pretty good uh, for St. Mirren. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a very uh, smart decision. Um, I've not gone off a lot more to add to that. I think I, you know, let's see where they are. He's, he's inherited the club in a good position, as I say. Um, when they got running back, fantastic uh, player there, and a lot of players that kind of got a good bit, like Robinson does himself, a good bit of league know-how. Um, yeah. They brought in guys like Gogic and stuff recently, didn't they as well? Because guys that have been around the league and um, have scored goals or um, you know, been in been in part of good squads, and he knows how to build a squad. That's what I'll say about Robinson. Yeah. He's not going to have quite the same budget as he had at Motherwell, maybe, but um, you know what job he did there. When you look back at the likes of uh, Liam Donnelly came through, obviously he, had, he was very lucky in having Turnbull and Campbell and the likes of those coming through his squad at that time. And Long, you know, it was a that 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 year we talk about the third um, place finish was uh, was so impressive. And so yeah, watch this space. I think Robinson is and- a good appointment. Uh, so certainly holding your your Sundaran. Uh, well, just to, just to get on that, so we, we've obviously we're recording this at the end of game week twenty nine, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure we all loaded up on Sundaran assets for game week twenty eight when the game against Dundee was postponed again. So you've actually got a double game week coming up this Saturday. Hopefully, you're listening in time for that. Uh, it's Dundee against Sundaran. We've already talked about Dundee how we don't like any of their players. Basically, just uh, you can. Bit, we don't need to go into it again. Um, but you, but you've got Sundaran there sitting on a double game week. I think Yak uh, Anik has been, um, you know, a very respectable goalkeeper in the in the league this season. I yep. definitely be looking at him as an option. And then uh, Connor Rona, I think, should be back next game because uh, whilst it was a straight red, it wasn't. You know, as I say, it was sort of borderline. So I think that's just a one-game straight suspension, which he should have served tonight. So he'll be back in. Um, and then, yeah, if you're looking for any sort of um, potential d- differentials in your team, fancy football Scotland-wise, you, maybe there's, the, yeah, it's, it's Alex Grieve. Uh, could, could, could be the show. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think um, looking at recent points as well, top there's not really much, but mm-hmm. uh had a bit of a run in recently, goal yeah. with an assist. Uh, a couple of bonus points went his way too. He seems to be playing quite a lot and hopefully that'll stay the same there. I mean, he's 4.1 million, so another little midfield uh, differential to to slot in. Um, so, yeah, I think a few... Yeah. A few to Actually, it's interesting. Curtis Main did start at Parkhead tonight, so he's clearly trying to rekindle the, the fire that was going there, burning strongly. Uh, <laughs> but I think Curtis Main has been burned in all our memories for being absolute shite. Yes, um, from last season. Yeah, give us a few uh, laughs on the pod, didn't he? So, so Scobie, just before we get out of part one, um, and I thought, you know, part one theme, managerial merry-go-round, did you notice who was appointed at Aloha? Uh, I did not, John. Our favourite manager from last season. I mean, there's been a few. There's been a few. It wasn't Sir Brian. <laughs> Sir Brian? I haven't missed that. I've got Google Alerts on for him on my laptop. How's that slip through the net? Oh, John. Right, that's it. Next time you're up, we're off to we're off to see them. <laughs> we're gonna head up. We're off, to, we're off to see Brian in all his glory. Oh, and we'll get those post-match uh, interviews back as well. Lovely to see it. Good on you, Brian. If you ever want to come on the pod, our door is always welcome. My my door is literally always open for you, my friend. <laughs> Ryan Rice, there we go. Out of part one into part two on that on that bombshell.
Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fit Bad Pod. We've not been here for so long, Scooby, so let's just get right into it. We've obviously covered off Aberdeen, Dundee and St Mirren with their sort of managerial appointments beforehand, but where are we going here? Well, I think you've got to take a step back after tonight. We've got a lot to cover, as you say. We've looked, um, we've looked across February and there's quite a bit to talk, quite a few talking points just to cover off across the month. But after this, tonight, second of March, we look at a league table that genuinely is barely recognisable. If you were to tell me this was a league table six months ago, I would have, I would have laughed you out of the shop. But here we are, uh, St Johnston, not bottom of the league, not too shocking, perhaps only sitting in eleventh, but actually coming off the back of a really positive month in February. They had two wins, obviously. Melker Hallberg helped them to uh, a much-needed win over Hearts. Again, an impressive win. But I mean, is that, is that no wins in 10 years for Hearts at St Johnston? Uh, yep, that would be about... Let me just double-check. Yeah, 10 years that would be. Um, yeah, not a happy hunting ground. Look, he was good. Two assists and 11 points for his efforts. Hallberg, maybe one to watch there. But St Johnston in general had a, had a strong month in February. Two wins, two draws and a loss across sort of five-game stretch that spanned that. But then now facing two losses in a row to Rangers tonight, although it was a terrible game, to be honest. Watched it. I didn't think they were awful, um, but they don't ever let they were going to trouble Rangers. And then more worryingly, that loss to now I would call high-flying Ross County. So, St. Johnson, are you seeing some promise at least? Uh, no, I'm not, being honest. Um that Ross County defeat um, it really irked me, to be honest. Um, I thought um, Parish in goals was absolute shite. <laughs> we've obviously got they've obviously lost Sander Clark due to injury just now, and um, whilst we don't like to speak bad words about Reagan Charles Cook on this podcast, no. his, uh, his second, which was sort of a hooked volley mm-hmm. into the far corner. I mean. I can't jump very high, but I could definitely have jumped higher than Steve Parrish did to try and get that. I see the running theme that's emerging around second string goalies, John. Yeah. Very early in, in on the mark with that with that theme. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm a little concerned about them. They kind of remind me of what Hibs were like um, the, the season they went down. Yeah, that's not a bad comparison. I mean, Cal Hendry was a potential bright spot along with Holberg who had called out uh, he had four goals in six games now yeah. uh, and he's right again in that bracket there's actually quite a bit of uh, heated competition which you'll kind of see I think as we touch on strikers in the game um, for those three places there's actually now where, where, where we kind of went through a, a period where um, it was really difficult to see value anywhere um, and the strikers of the cinch uh, he, he's, he was somebody who was putting his hand up um, and showing a bit of promise, as I say. So could he possibly be one to save their season, given that big old Sifsi does not seem to have brought the old scoring boots back to Perth with him? Um, so, yeah, Hendry one to watch, but still worrying times in Perth. I mean, I mean, awesome. I mean Shif- Shif- Shifke seems to have brought the uh, work-from-home football attitude that um, <laughs> Aaron Ramsey has at Rangers. And then is not, is not playing, basically. No. Uh, you know, you'd like it's it's fun seeing these signings, and obviously there's a reason behind them. When um, you know, you think of his success at Dundee United, and obviously they're moving on to Celtic, less so successful, but at the same time, when he was at United, he was absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I I am a bit concerned about St Johnson. I, I agree. You look, Kendry, you know, could be the could be a player to 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 sign into fantasy football Scotland team. But you look at the value out there. You look at Bruce Anderson, who's just notching up form. Right now, I mean, he's yeah. Yeah, well, I want to, you know, as we're going to jump around a bit, and you you segued nicely into Livingston. Livingston, who it seemed like were rooted uh, to the bottom of the league and floating around eleventh when I think only County were below them uh, for much of the first few months of the season. Can we talk about Livingston for a moment? A win in March, two wins, two draws, one loss in February, and that was two wins and one loss in January. They have now picked up seventeen points from a possible. 27 in 2022. Davy Martindale really knows how to turn it on, does he not? They are now fourth in the league. Yeah, it's mad. I mean, granted, the league's obviously quite packed, 
Uh, I think there's like four points separating fourth and tenth. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you cannot take away from anything that, that Dave Martindale's doing at Livingston. And as we've talked about, you know, high player turnover, it's taken a while for them to get going, but they're, they're here now. Yeah. Where, do, where do you see the value there, Scobie? I mean, Max Strijek in goals looks like a really sound goalkeeping choice at 2.8 million, uh, just in that area that we love to have a keeper. And, you know, he's kind of set and forget guy. Granted, yeah. they've got Celtic at the weekends, but, you know, Livingston actually have a pretty good record against Celtic, especially at home. So who knows what, what will happen there? That's exciting. I've been banging the drum for Obelai, um for a number of uh, weeks. Uh, unfortunately, he's missed his last two penalties. Uh, he missed that Tynecastle in the Scottish Cup, if you remember that. And yeah. he also missed in the league, um, I think it was up at Dingwall. So question, don't know whether going forward he will be the one taking penalties for Livingston. Uh, but at the same time, starts every game centre-half and Livy do keep a fair amount of clean sheets. They seem James, to at the moment. Yeah, James Forrest in midfield, um, as always, probably gets overlooked slightly as a fantasy football Scotland asset. I mean, he probably couldn't believe his luck at Dens Park on Saturday when he just sort of waltzed through, you know, three or four Dundee players and cut it back to Bruce Anderson in there. Uh, but again, looks like a really sound piece of business if you wanted to get that sort of sub-4 million um, fantasy football Scotland midfielder in there. And then, yeah, Bruce Anderson, Scobie, where do we even start with him? Well, actually, John, I'm, I'm going to get on to him, but you make a good point. Where do I like the, the, the value at Livingston? Actually, there's three strikers there, which I think are kind of worth mentioning. Um, the first one, Pittman, you've kind of already alluded to. It's not really translated much into fantasy points, always yeah. consistently playing. But Pittman was there thereabouts last year. When they were on the great run last year, Pittman was an excellent addition. But the other one I would say is um, Joel Nubel, uh, who's 4.4 million. He's been fantastic for them, uh, oh, yeah. especially recently. Not, not scoring goals, but a number of assists, names and bonus points coming through. And he's really um, been making them tick. He had two, yeah. two assists uh, not too long ago against Hibs. Uh, another one against Dundee the other night. Uh, he got man in the match tonight, judging by the BBC Sport um, sort of review of the game. So, look, if he could turn it in that into goals as well, he's only 4.4 million. Uh, and he's so a midfielder in the game, Scobie. Is that correct? He's, a, he's down as a striker. He's down oh, he's down as a striker. He's played That's in the saying, Slightly difficult that you've got three actual striking options yeah. that you think of. Uh, yeah, sure. But look, there's, there's, that's just, they're ones to, they're mere ones to watch because obviously Bruce Anderson is is just becoming an absolute fantasy darling this season. Yeah. Reagan Charles Cooks got the plaudits quite rightly, but Bruce Anderson, wow! And he looked good when he came from Aberdeen last year. But it always started to feel like that was something that you might live to regret, um, yeah. given that you gave him up for very little. Well, for Jet Scobie, don't forget that Aberdeen swapped him for Jet. You know, which you can see the value. <laughs> But <laughs> um, look, seven goals in nine games, two assists with that, 13 bonus points. I know I'm just reading out numbers, but these are dizzying heights. Oh, no, no, he's only no, five million. He's a must have. I, I agree. And I think he's actually a guy that's going to kill your ranking in fantasy football Scotland. Uh, looking at a number of teams in that in that top bracket, if you look at the top the top, the top teams, everyone has Bruce Anderson. So He's almost becoming look, let's 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 make big claims. He's like the most Salah of Scottish football right now. Everyone's got him in there. Jared Bowen. Actually, not a not a bad one, probably. But like he's that scorer that if he bags a brace and you don't have him, then your ranking's gonna plummet because people have him in their team. Um, I mean, should we just look at Livingston's fixtures coming up? Maybe like Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, you've got Celtic at home. We've already touched on Celtic. Have actually had a, a d- difficult time at the Tony Macaroni in the last couple of years. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see who, what happens there. And then they'll got, fancy that. They'll yeah, fancy they will. But they've also then got a tricky um, trip uh, to your boys at Tynecastle, mm-hmm. which is a little, Again, little tough. Played well against us this season. I'll be. I'm worried about that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then yeah, and then the sort of St Johnston away, huge, huge match for them. I mean, Martindale always bangs a drum that look. They're not safe until they're safe. So they'll be viewing that as a real opportunity just to sort of stand on St. Johnson's necks and make sure that they don't catch them up. And then Motherwell at home. So yeah, I yeah, I'm not I'm not averse to I think I think Livingston is a bye-bye-bye. They absolutely are. They absolutely are. I think I think you're almost, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that it's got to be another one. Knowing they're not going to double game week coming out, but I'm certainly going to have a minimum of two at the moment. Um, just given their 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 relatively low values uh, and their 
absolute dripping with points at the moment. So we like Livingston. Then we flip back down to the other side of the table. But who else is on the rise? We were talking about it. They were their bottom of the league bedfellows for much of the season. Ross County also mm. ticking over. We've talked about it a bit. We've talked about the fact that they are the third highest scoring team in the league, which always felt like it was a it was good signs coming from from Dingwall. The fact that they were bagging goals um, in um, quite frequently, even if they couldn't keep clean sheets, um, this was always going to translate into something, was it not? So two goals in two for your man, Joseph Hungbo. John, <laughs> happy about that or what? Well, yeah, I just, I love the the way that, I mean, I don't, I'd love and Malcolm McKay in the same sentence, sounds wrong, but I love the way that he set this team up. He's got a, a, an excellent front three. He's realised that his, uh, real players that can excel at the, at the top level in Scottish football are Reagan Charles Cook and Joseph Hungbo. So he's playing them as like sort of, you know, that front three attacking wingers. Mm-hmm. And then he's basically just put, um, what's his name? Uh, Jordan White is the facilitator. Yeah. So they punt the ball to Jordan White. I mean, if you, I don't know if you saw the, the, the third goal against St. Johnston at the weekend. Basically, mm-hmm. long ball into White. Knees it down, Hungbo batters it into the bottom corner from 25 yards. White is just there as the guy that can hold it up. He's so limited, he's probably not going to score many goals. But Malcolm McKay has realised what he's working with and has has these two really, really exciting talents. I mean, Reagan Charles Cook has been an absolute breath of fresh air to watch. He's been excellent. Mm -hmm. And Hungbo's the exact same. Hungbo on penalties now, note that, scored a penalty tonight. Exactly. Uh, yeah, Ross County have, have been they've been great to watch. I've really enjoyed it. They really, it's, it's, it's exactly that. It's 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 just just get the ball to those two uh, and let them do something. You know, they're playing with such optimism, um, so positive in their in their play. They're a joy to watch, um, and it's like it's interesting. I was looking back at them just you know just to get a bit of a sense of where they come from. You know, we're talking about Regan Charles Coop, potential player of the year candidate at the moment. Oh, please. Came from Gillingham, where he'd scored... You mean Gillingham? Gillingham. Is it Gillingham? (laughs) Where he'd scored four goals in about 40-odd appearances. Yeah. Not a Uh prolific scoring record. And then Hungbo, he didn't have a senior goal to his name wherever he'd been. Uh, until he until he joined, so mm-hmm. like push these guys forward, allowed them to play sort of this sort of second strike partnership, as you say, off of White. Uh, Callahan's still in there as well, making things take over in the middle of midfield. Um, look, they're they're just a, they're just a good looking side at the moment. Um, I, think, I think you forget that you know in Scottish football, like you've got such limited resources, these teams, and you know Reagan Charles Cook, like whilst you know bad scoring record, probably hadn't had a run of games in a team. And you talk so much about footballers just get like Malky just going in like you're gonna play 20 games this season, mate. You know, just do what you want. And it takes them a while to get up to speed. But once these guys get going, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, you you really can't um you really can't knock it. Um one other point I want to bring up about Ross County school bay, um Adam McKinnon, who has been uh, a bench trick, I'm sure, of many listeners of the podcast this entire season. He was 2.3 million sort of flagged at the start of the season. Bench trick, if you remind you, you know, the guy that played zero minutes and then you get your best sub on. Uh, he actually got one minute last game, uh, not the game week last night, but the, the game week before, uh, which was absolutely gutting for, for me and I'm sure many other fans who were Scotland um, managers because it, it stopped Kingsley getting off my bench for six points. Um, so that was annoying, but he didn't play tonight. So I'm like, I think I'll just hold on to him for a wee while and we'll see what happens. But nice. so it's a flag to watch out for. It's Finn Robson doing the, doing the Lord's work up at Dundee United for me. <laughs> uh, so, yes, look, again, we look at the Premiership table. Ross County now eighth in the league. Um, and and I don't hate the run that's coming up either. I don't think there's a team out there that would, be want, that would want to actively be playing them. So where could they end up? There's genuine competition in the top six now. You know, I think Hearts are the only team that are guaranteed, um, you know, to fill those four spots that we know are kind of available the other three is anyone's guess at the moment and it's so exciting to see you know there's there's as i say um seven teams in the running there so the bloody saint jay 
Where do we go next, though? Working our way up the league a little bit. Um, well, for Hearts, and yes, John, I did write it myself. It was a look, it was a good win for Hearts um, against St. Mary. Fuck off. And then it was a... I'm done. Right, see you later. A, it was a good win for Hearts against Aberdeen. Sorry, could you repeat that? So, basically, it was a good win against St. Mary. And it was a good win against uh, Hearts. I think we just lost loads of listeners. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> falling off their chairs laughing, no doubt. Um, <laughs> crashing, crashing their cars on the way to work. Um, yeah, well, no, look, just, just what the dogs ordered. 2-0, 2-0. Uh, it's been a terrible run for Hearts since uh, the winter break. Painful losses. Um, against basically anyone we pitched up against who needed a win, uh, including, as we've discussed, Dundee and St. Johnston. We snuck through in the cup as well, thanks to... Who is it? Oh, Craig Gordon uh, saving us and dragging us through a penalty shootout. Um, it's been pretty grim. But look, this, this is, and this has been a recurring theme for Hearts every time we've come through an international break or any sort of break, particularly when we find ourselves uh, on a bit of a run. We've really adjusted to get back to playing football and that's not through you know a lack of um activity either in in january i mean the fact as we know we managed to keep hold of suitor we also brought in some good signings i think toby civic everyone was excited about he looked really good in those few games we saw him under stendhal and he's come back sims we've been talking about sims already he seems to be fulfilling his promise dangerous big player exactly what we needed um but yeah we were still playing shy so really really positive to get those two wins again two clean sheets benny's back uh, Devlin's playing quite well again. I think it's all just starting to tick for Hearts. So uh, I'm not going to bang on about it too much. No, no, I just I'd like pick up a couple of players I like. In fact, football Scotland-wise, I think, you know, Barry Mackay, we've, we've been talking about it for yep. quite a while, you know, six assists this season. And mm-hmm. definitely seems like, like a fun option to have in your midfield. And then, yeah, loving Ellis Sims tonight. I mean, what to go off, I mean, I obviously didn't um, watch all the game early against Aberdeen, but he seemed to be leading the line with, with Boyce in behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Ellis Sims is actually quite a good shout. I mean, he seems like that sort of predator poacher uh, striker that that a team like Hearts who are going to create quite a lot of chances. I mean, he looks like a guy that's he's actually settled quite well in Scottish football. And there's not a lot of loan signings that do. No, no. And again, it was what we were just talking about into that really fun kind of bracket in and around mm-hmm. five and a half to four and a half million, where we've got the likes of Anderson, Ramirez. Now we've got Sims in there too. You've maybe got a couple of wild cards like a Hendry or something. People that might be looking for differentials. Um, yeah. Your Van Veens of the worlds. Uh, I think a lot of people probably now turn their back on Tony Watts. So it's super interesting in and around there. If you, particularly because not many people are probably investing in Morales and putting that eight million into him. Um, so yeah, one to watch, but no, I agree with you. Uh, Sims looks a, looks, looks a great player for us, um, and exactly what we've needed. And pr- probably diminishing Boyce's value at the moment slightly. Um, yeah. I think you're, you're more Boyce just looks bereft of confidence just now, doesn't he? Like, he does, he does. Obviously, he does. scored a lot of penalties at the start of the season, but he just looks like a guy who just can't buy a goal. And there's probably a bit of pressure coming from the whole the, the, the Sims stuff as well. Which, um, for me, it's Sims over Boyce right now for a heart striker. Yeah, I think that's that's completely fair. Um, I absolutely agree with you, particularly from you know he's just he's, he's really sort of struggled from from open uh, play. So look, Hearts look to be locking up third um, yeah. ahead of the ahead of the split, which is good. Because yeah, big big score for me tonight for Hearts was actually uh, was was Stephen Kingsley. Obviously got mm. the goal, clean sheet. He ended up getting three bonus points. He got a point as well for three tackles, one. Uh, 16 pointer that's a that's a meaty score um and from a from a defender there and has, has, has propelled me up tonight with a you know a nice 72 points Fair. oh you had to drop that in didn't you <laughs> i was even thinking about asking you and applauding you for your that's uh, his your that's his scoring john that's his that's now his, just patting yourself on the back so. that's his third that's yeah. his third double figure score of the season it was he be- vice captain as well yeah ah oh, brilliant Good man, look yeah. at that. Uh, one man doing doing uh, do, doing a real sterling job uh, for Hearts at Edinburgh uh, this this year so far. That probably scuppers all of them. Unfortunately, you can't have him in fancy. But if we could, it would be Sean Maloney, who really is just doing the Lord's work down at Easter Road. And we've come <laughs> in and been absolutely shite so far. Yeah. Hibs look about the most depressing team to watch. I mean. 
first win in seven attempts um, against Ross County. Um, a 2-0 win with Jack Doyle Hayes, of course, being the unlikely owner of Brace, which just goes to show yeah. nobody's I mean, scoring for them. Uh, and then since then, 0-0 draw against Celtic, probably not the worst result in uh, all in all, but then another 0-0 draw against Dundee. Um, flipping out there, Bruso. Do you see anything positive from Hibs under Maloney, John? Um, not, not really. And whilst it's it's funny to laugh at Maloney, I think you have to remember that they've got about 11 first team players out injured right now. There is there is so little. I mean, even Matt Macy, who's kind of a go to in goals, is is now out injured. They obviously haven't, and no one could replace Martin Boyle at, at that level in Scottish football. And they haven't replaced that. Kevin Nisbet's now out for the rest of the season. Yep. I mean, when it rains, it pours for for Hibs, and they're, yeah, they're really they're really struggling. You talk about Doyle Hayes brace. I mean, he's a defensive mid. That was a sort of one off. It's not going to be repeated. Yeah, I'd I'd say avoid avoid. I mean, Josh Doig maybe he had a great run against Celtic actually uh, at East Road at the weekend, and he sort of danced through about eight players, then smashed the side net. But apart from that, it's really difficult. Maybe Porteous. But again, he's got his own problems going. So yeah, Hibs, whilst Scobie, I think it's fair to say that Maloney's start has been underwhelming. I also think he's had a lot of things go against him and he won't be judged until uh, until the start of next season. No, he won't. I know that. And he's he's not got much to work with. Quite a few boys that he brought in um, on loan. Some of them already, including um, Demi Mitchell, already injured. Um, not much of an edge from an attacking, striking point of view now, as you say, with Nisbet going, Christian Dodge is going to have to kind of step up and do stuff. People thought Chris Muller looked like he might be a bit of a player for them. Um, not seeing that yet either. I mean, it's pretty brutal out there, but it's also just a difficult one, you know, uh, to, to touch on Maloney again, jokes aside, it's difficult to start this poorly and potentially be, you know, as we've said, it's so, so tight. They could be scrapping it out. Uh, in the bottom six, um, a pretty miserable run to the end of the year to pick the team. So then have to pick the team up uh, next season, try and rebuild and kind of come back with some positivity, some optimism. And you've not got an awful lot to work with uh, or to go off of. It's, it's going to be difficult. Um, you know, and the fans um, at Hibs are, have high expectations and they've been fairly spoiled really um, by Ross until now, until this point, And then previously under Lennon until that one says so. You know, they're coming off a pedigree of some good managers there as well. So, um, yeah, look, it's not a complete disaster. They're still sitting there in fifth. They're still lurking. Um, but yeah. I think it'll be the cup. It'll be the cup they'll be targeting this year. And um, we'll see how that goes for them. So, yeah, thanks to the squad. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Well, the last two to talk about. Um, and um, again, we, we, we all seem to leave them to last and then fly through them. Uh, <laughs> I swear it's not prejudiced. Uh, but Rangers and Celtic, a funny couple <laughs> of weeks. For both of them, they set things right um, this uh, Wednesday evening, both picking up victories. 1-0, as I said earlier, for, for, for Rangers against St. Johnston. Um, but it was another banana skin for them at Tanadice. They've had that already this year. Uh, and then a hard-fought 2-2 draw against Motherwell, um, where Motherwell came right back into it at the weekend. So, um, yeah, I mean... It's, sort of, it's a funny one after the dizzy heights of Dortmund where they, where they did look so, you know, credit where credit's due, they, they look fantastic. And that is a, a pretty epic result for Scottish, uh, for Scottish club football, um, you know, whichever way you look at it. Um, for Rangers' point of view, uh, you know, I'm still we're sure we're still all loaded with Rangers players. Uh, the likes of Tav and Bassey keep delivering. I've got Aribo in my, in my side as well. For me, that feels like the three. I don't know if you disagree. Yeah, no, I think, I think Tav, look, I think always Captain Tav comes back again tonight. Uh, he's obviously been on penalties um, since um, Van Bronckhorst has come in as well and that's also due to Kimar Roof uh, just generally being injured all the time so I think I think Tav warrants his price tag and I think you have to have him in Bassey playing left back uh, was was pretty uh, you know he looks nailed on now given how poor Barisic was uh, against Celtic uh, Bassey was excellent against Dortmund um, so that so he looks nailed on. Yeah, left. So you want the wing backs at Rangers, I think, in defense. And then yeah, I agree with you. I think it's either Aribo or it's Morelos. That's your like that's your two premium options to go with. You know, look, Scott Arfield and Ryan Kent do start tend to start most games, yeah, but they don't tend to return as much in fantasy football Scotland. So yeah, for me, it's Aribo or Morelos. I think you triple up on Rangers outfield, it needs to be done. And 
it'll move us nicely into talking about Celtic. Unlike Celtic, Rangers seem to have a very settled starting eleven, and that is even though they are progressing in Europe. Um, unlike Celtic, they they still seem to be starting mm. the same team every week. Uh, Van Bronckhorst doesn't seem to trust the half a squad. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, that just moves on nicely. Celtic, they are now have the honour of being the first team to be knocked out of the Champions League, the um, Europa League, and the Conference League. All the will they? Do you think they'll be knocked out of the Australian homecoming tournament for Ange as well? The Sydney smash up who fucking knows. Um, they were kind of, uh, my point on Celtic uh, until the last two game weeks was going to be that they've been unravelling defensively somewhat. I think that, to your point, John, maybe is um, down to the fact that, they, that we see a lot of changes along that back line. Frustrating as that is for the likes of us who had Juranovic, for example, who thought yeah. that he was a locked-in player. But, you know, they shipped four goals to Aberdeen um, and then Dundee combined um, a couple of goals in each of those games and then three against Bodo Glimp the Farmers League um, and then well, one after that too so nonetheless their goal scoring was ever potent and they've now put in back-to-back clean sheets um, tonight and against um, and against Hibs so you know a little bit hard to read Celtic at the moment as well um, it did seem to be a bit of a case of um, anything you can do we can do the, the exact same of with Rangers so um, who knows Big, gorgeous, Georges uh, Giacomakis. We all brought him in after that hat-trick um, and, a, and, and the goal in the cup the week prior. And then, lo and behold, he's injured and didn't play two games. Now we're all thinking, do we ship him out for Livingston? I don't know. So they, you do find yourself chasing your tail a little bit with Celtic. It is. It's really difficult. And then I, I'm not sure the upside's quite worth it. I mean, I bought Carter Vickers in oh, quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously scored tonight against St. Yeah. But he, he starts every game. Him and Starfelt, I think Carter Vickers offers, I don't know, maybe slightly more fantasy football Scotland yeah. value. Just seems to score. I mean, that's the second goal of the season. So yeah, just the I, think, I think you need you need one in there, and then it's difficult to choose because yeah, Juranovic and Ralston seem to switch. Juranovic sometimes plays left back, which means Taylor doesn't start. Yeah, that's really difficult. Joe Hart. I mean, do you want a Celtic keeper? It feels like a little bit nah. So um, going into the sort of forward players, I mean, Cal McGregor did score tonight. Did score tonight, yeah. Plays every single minute for Celtic and will, like his history is that, you know, he plays mental amount of games a season, like 75 games a calendar year, Cal McGregor seems to average. So maybe that's the sort of angle that people are not looking at. Mm-hmm. You know, people have brought in Jota, but he's, he's so expensive. He's over £7 million and he's sort of like a Ryan Kent in that, from a fantasy football Scotland perspective, yeah. where people jump on my neck, like that doesn't seem to deliver that often. And then, yeah, it's like, where do you go going forward? So it feels like, yeah, we, two, I think Carter Vickers would be my map. Like I brought him in about a month ago and I have not regretted it. Yeah, and that's where my big recommendation comes for for Celtic. Yeah, I mean with Jota, there was a point in time when it was just you had to have him. He was uh, he yeah. he was at that to use that reference that Salah level. It was just like he had to play. Since he's come back from the injury, he's not quite been there. He's had a couple of moments. I think we're all kind of probably waiting with bated breath for Kyogo to come back if he does. But there's not really a timeline on that. It looks like that's fairly long term, isn't it? Might be in a split. Um, so one to bear in mind for that. Um, Rogic was on a good sort of run for a while, but he's kind of again. He seems to be ousted a little bit at times. I still think yeah. he's worth looking at. McGregor, as you say, plays a lot of minutes too. Um, and then we all love Tatate for a while, but then he seems to, again, still be just getting back to sort it's of... Just rotation. There's just play. so much rotation in there that is. field. There and, is. You know, maybe now they're out of Europe completely, you'll see less, but, you know, yeah. O'Reilly's in there and when he plays, he takes all set pieces. So that's quite an interesting yeah. shout fans yeah. Scotland. But... Uh, you know, don't forget Celtic players are very expensive and if they're not starting, it's it's difficult to, 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 to justify them in your team. And hopefully what we've done is outline some, some great value in the rest of the league. Absolutely. I think I think it's probably time to turn you back on them up top and to South uh, from a striker point of view. Um, if you know if you're if you're feeling that way and and and, and just be really careful about where you go in, in the midfield. Um so yeah, Celtic diff- making it difficult for us this year. Yeah. Have you got a, you got a feeling if I had to put a gun to your head right now, Celtic Rangers, who wins the league title? What do you say? Well, it's very difficult, isn't it? I mean, if you if you think about the old phone game, obviously you think Celtic uh, going to win that, and then um, and then you look at the way that both teams have performed in Europe against uh, definitely different strength of opposition, and one's done much better than the other. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of twists and turns, and uh, I think Hearts are going to win the league. 
<laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, I could, I could even see this one going down to the wire, going down to the final game of the season. Currently, Celtic have got that plus 10 goal difference, which I think could be a, a big factor. We might even be talking about that by the end of the season. I just don't think you're going to split them. Um, but let's wait and see. Anyway, we've covered it all. What, I, what I'm saying, John, a long-winded way is, I've only got a bloody cinched it. Cinched it? Hello and welcome back to part three of this week's Fantasy Football Pod. We will rush through this as I'm conscious these are all probably bored eat your tits by now. So we have a double game week coming up this weekend or week, Scobie. It's game week 30. We're approaching the split and we'll obviously all be given our new wild cards as well. But anyway, it's Dundee St Mirren. It's rearranged. Um, people are talking bench boost. I don't think anyone's used their bench boost yet. Is this, is this the weekend you're thinking bench boost? Well, it's probably the week I use something, John, because I'm sitting there with my triple captain um, and my bench boost um, fiddling with those two balls uh, and not using either of them. So something, something's there to be used, John. I'm, I'm um, way too familiar with you fiddling with your balls. Fiddling with the balls. Um, yeah, I think so. I think look, the, the, the fixtures look... Um, I, I think I think all the fixtures in the league look enticing. Um, I mean, Rangers have got a very easy game, obviously. Um, Celtic and Livingston could be tasty. Um so there's opportunities there. With, with, Rangers haven't beaten Aberdeen yet this season. <laughs> to get that in. <laughs> well, they will change that, I'm sure, on Saturday. Uh, or be Sunday, wouldn't it? Um, well, I don't know. Yes, what are you thinking, John? Bench boost, is that in play for you? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I'm going to have two transfers. So what I'm thinking is I currently have a non-playing goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. So I might up that into... Um, a playing goalkeeper obviously I've got Anik who's got his double game week and then I might go with you know one of the options we've already discussed I like a Liam Kelly mm-hmm. um, I like um, you know any any of the other options we discussed already so I think that's good and then I might even take my bench trick out and and start you know a midfielder in that range that we've already we've already discussed maybe like an Alan Forrest you know despite being at home to Celtic as we've already said you know that could be quite a tasty fix for them and I might just, yeah, bench boost, get a couple of guys in. I've got two games. And obviously, we've got the wild cards coming up um, in, in like three game weeks. So I'm not that fussed about the sort of makeup of my squads, as it were. Um, yep. So, yeah, I'm thinking potential bench boost this weekend. Bench boost is active. Interesting. All right. There you go. So, Scooby, we've not done our league update in a very, very long time. Can you please be tell us? It's been a while, yeah. I've what's been happening the last two weeks uh, top goal scorer in game week 27 was into your nan David Boxall <laughs> great name David stay away from my nan David stay away from your nan uh, 73 points back, thanks to that week it was thanks to um, Jake Marcus his captaincy and in game week 28 it was MP55 Andrew Patterson with 81 points had everyone there Jarnovic Devlin Morelos and of course Brucey Anderson. So well done to you both. Um, top of the league though, and he's one of the top scoring players in the game. It's Eagles, the two eagle emojis. Um, Jack Curran, still top by some way. At last check, it was 1,799 points. Um, yeah. He's second overall in the, in the Mega League. Um, and it looks like he's actually 1,862. It's just updated. Um, so he's flying high. Well done. That is smashing. There you go. Well you- done. That was a pleasure to be back. That was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I hope you guys um, listening have enjoyed it as much as we have. Uh, absolutely. There is nothing more than I love chatting about Scottish football with uh, this big lanky bastard at the other end of the Zoom call. <laughs> um, we're going to be a bit more regular. We will see you or speak to you again. Um, next week I am sure Um, but yes thank you as ever for tuning in and um, all the very best for this coming weekend